the movie Draft House. I'm your host, Mark, joined by co-host Jeff. Oh, what a day today is. What a what a what a podcast we do. What a We do a podcast, yes. We do, folks. And Mark's about to tell you about the music this month, but stick yep. around. Yeah. I think we got a banger of an episode coming. We obviously oh. haven't recorded it yet. We're about to do that. But uh this week's film. But tell uh, what what was that brilliant music we heard at the top of the show? Yeah, so music this month. The month of drugs, <laughs> yeah, is brought to you by the the Gainesville, Florida band Arrows in Action with their song "Over It," and we appreciate them allowing us to use their music on the podcast. Make sure you throw them a like, follow, or subscribe to their music and all their social media channels and links, which you can find in the show notes. For the podcast, we appreciate them. Um, they're doing they're doing big things in the pop punk community of music. Indeed, Jeff. yes, sir. What did we watch this week? <laughs> oh, 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 my God! Uh, so uh, we watched Requiem for a Dream from the year two thousand, directed by Darren Aronofsky, starring Yeah Boy. Jared Leto, Ellie. That's our boy. Our don't, boy. I apologize. Friend of the pod. Don't discount him. Friend of the pod. Uh, also, Ellen Bernstein, probably saying that wrong, Jennifer Connelly, Marlon Wayans, Christopher McDonald, and Keith David. Uh, what is... All right, so before we, before we really dive into this, what is your knowledge and experience with requiem for a dream you had never seen this film no. and you have been avoiding it yes like the plague so i since you were a boy well maybe not that long um <laughs> it did come out in my adult life right uh so boy God. but why why have you been why have you been okay. avoiding this? so the main reason is i don't really like drug movies so when lady draft house came up with the theme i was a little like uh really so i think like but she uh picked you know a movie that's kind of it's not really like a drug movie like this yeah or uh even last week's movie which is sort of like the seriousness around drug abuse and uh it's a much more fun take on things like in next week's episode is going to be a much more fun take so these are like this and more so this than scanner darkly is about the terrible things that can happen to a person when they're on drugs. Now, the main reason I've avoided it again, I don't really like drug movies. I hate tripping scenes like more than just about anything in film. I really hate tripping scenes. And with the exception of 21 and 22 jump street, respectively, specifically 22. But, uh, so I just kind of don't like that already. Plus, I've seen a lot of like top tens of top ten movies that are great, but you'll only watch once. And this is like always on that list. I'm like, so it's going to be disturbing. I don't want to watch anything disturbing, so I'm not going to watch it. That's why I never watched it. And so... That, so like, and I get that. 
Um, this this movie is a very realistic. Oh, that's wrong. But go ahead. Portrayal of uh, I mean it's stylized, but it's very stylized. It it's it, right. It is, but it it also like I mean the movie opens with <laughs> Jared Leto's character stealing his mom's television to sell it for drug money. Yeah, um, and 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 that is grounded. And that is something that would happen, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's like heroin addicts or whatever. And I think mostly that's like the main drug here. Yes, the heroin is the main drug here. And, well, for the trio. Oh, oh, and right. Moms the pills. Something are, else. Right. So I, I think that it, I don't think that it's that grounded. I think it is a very extreme Maybe not, you know, but I think it really takes a lot of like stylizedness and like the whole movie feels like a trip, which is one of the reasons spoilers. I didn't enjoy this movie. I didn't think I was going to enjoy. Okay. And now you might say going into it with the wrong attitude uh, would cause that. I would point you directly to our episode on the Karate Kid remake where I very much didn't want to watch that film ended up liking it. I am an open-minded person, and I think I gave this movie a chance to uh, draw me in, and uh, it did not do it. It did all the things I hate, and it was extremely annoying to watch, and I wanted to punch it. I wanted to punch the film. Is that because the it, because the way it was portrayed? No, right. No, I know. No, I, I think I, it's it's the constant like darkness that's over the entire movie. Right. Yeah. It's just thoroughly dark. There is no there is no levity. And which is fine. I've seen films without any levity before. But then it's so heavily stylized and it's a constant like trip. You know, the there's this a lot of things that happen over and over and over again. And I'm, and I, and I believe it's on purpose and there's probably some reason behind it. Um, maybe some circular nature of drug abuse that causes the same things to happen over and over. But even like anytime someone does heroin or pops a pill or anything, you get this like smash, like cut triple smash cut of them popping, fizzing, dripping all that over and over. And then there's this television show that the mom watches and it's like, we got a winner boy, have we? And it's just over and over the same like scene constantly playing back at you. And again, this is probably on purpose. And when I pointed out to going back to uncut gems, a much better film than Requiem for a dream, they do something (laughs) similar where they really just try to annoy the viewer as a way to build tension. And I think that is a cheap, way to do it it's something that people who aren't able to do it with competent storytelling use those tricks they piss off the viewer and i feel like that's what this movie does it just keeps yelling at you over and over again none of the characters are likable and it just pisses you off and you're supposed to oh it really made me feel like a drug addict and i think it probably did because i wanted some drugs watching this piece of shit and oh have I answered your question? <laughs> no, I think 
ultimately, I think this film boils down to how the viewer perceives the message. And like don't do you, drugs, folks. Well, right. So the message is, hey, drugs are bad. Mm, okay. 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 Uh, <laughs> and, but like the way the film portrays drugs is, and it and it takes you kind of on a on a roller coaster between um, perceptions of the different characters. All right. So uh, the film separates itself into four parts, or between four characters. Well, um, in four Leto. seasons. So there's four seasons. Right, right. They do a summer, each, winter, whatever the other ones are. But we spend, uh, you know, a little time throughout the movie with each character. And so Jared Leto is the son of uh, Ellen Burstyn's Sarah character. Sarah Goldfarb. Yeah, Goldfarb. And uh, she's a... I don't Retired? Really, the, the, right, well, she's, you know, she's older... But she's not so old that she's like decrepit. No, but she's uh, retired. Right. She lives but in a building with a bunch of other sexy older women. Not up really. in like what New Jersey? This is sure like, some city. Um, I think it's, I think it's New Jersey. I think it's like Atlantic City, New Jersey, or something. Yeah, a larger but, city. But she, her, she is um, the primary kind of person that her son. Jared Leto's character goes to and steals her TV. All right. The first scene is he's, he's taking the TV and wheeling and she locks herself in the closet. He's blaming her. Like, why do you make me do this? Right. And he's her. What a great character. What a great hero for us to follow. It's classic drug abuse. He's never sorry about it. No, he never feels bad for putting his mom. He only has one goal and that's to get more drugs heroin well and then he goes clean because his his goal changes to let's buy drugs and then sell it ourselves right and basically but that doesn't work I guess, out too well well it does they get paid right they the, the the first summer right they talk about it in the movies remember last summer when we were rich you know yeah. because they had this plan they had set in motion paid off right but oh then you know Let's... he's he he uh so Jared Leto's character um has a girlfriend and Jennifer that's Jennifer Connelly. Connelly and we're talking we're I mean we're talking young Jared Leto young Jennifer Connelly two attractive he's people he's full emo his hair is in his eyes well this is all right so I did this a little is research. an emo movie too yeah it is right but this is also in the kind of heyday of uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars his band. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, and so he had simultaneous careers going on during this. Good film. for him, friend of the pod. No, he like so. Thirty seconds to Mars is, is is a <laughs> is a very uh, big rock band, and you know, back in two thousand, they were getting they were getting their uh, their following their start, and so. Like if you look at a lot of early music videos for Thirty Seconds to Mars, it's it's Jared Leto in this type of character, and so this like matches up with his like career arc and how he was ascending, both in film and music at the time, and it's kind of a blend between the two. And I've been a Thirty Seconds to Mars fan a long time. I believe that is noted on the pod as well. It is, uh, and but like he is legitimately really good in this movie um 
he I mean Jared Leto is a, a really good actor regardless but I feel like he's really good in this movie is because like there's certain scenes where like his just facial expressions of just lost and um dependency on on drug like you can see like I, I mean I'm sure a lot of it's makeup but like the scenes where he is just like high no bro he's a method actor he was high on heroin Oh no, he might have been. Oh, one hundred percent. Sure. No, I, I fully believe that. He probably got the entire cast high on meth, yeah. um, or heroin. Ma- and, meth. I guess it's just what he could find. This is close enough. <laughs> but you know, I, the the performance in this movie, the performances in this movie, are really <sighs> what drive. I can't. The you don't you don't agree you don't agree that the performance in this movie are really good. <sighs> I, why? I think that they are exaggerated. Um, I really... In what way, though? How are they exaggerated? Because they're super artsy and pretentious. And like, There's a scene where Jennifer Connelly stands in front of the mirror, bush out. Yes. And like, it's like, oh, I'm high. And then I sent you a picture of like Jared Leto and her laying sort of... On the ground, not on a bed, but just on the ground with like paperwork around them for some reason in a perfect circle. And they're head to head, but to the side a bit. It's kind of hard to explain. And the camera's panning and and swiveling up above them. And it's like, oh, you make me feel beautiful. Oh, you are beautiful. Yeah, but you make me feel it. This shitty movie, man. And. It's just so like that sort of heavy, like emo is the word. It's this heavy, like, oh, the the feeling, the emotion. And it's not, it's like telling you how to feel instead of making you feel some way. So I really, I don't know that I can say the performances are bad in the sense that this is what they were probably asking for. Well, they're not bad. That's the thing. I don't not enjoy bad. them. Right, the performances are not enjoyable. They can be, they can still be good and not enjoyable. In a film, I mean, you would hope. That's the big thing that comes for me. And again, I told you I was, I probably wasn't going to like this going in. This is not my type of movie. We'll just preface that. And yeah, but I'm not going to stop saying that this is not fun to watch. It's not enjoyable. It's not even that deep. It just tries really hard to be. I don't I don't even think it tries really hard to be deep. I think it really what it tries really hard to do is to simulate the viewer's experience of these characters on drugs. And and I, I think it I, fails. I I don't know. I've never been high on heroin. Well, so that's I don't, the other I, part, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I've been addicted to cigarettes and that's about <laughs> it, right? Um so I get that heroin is its own thing. And there may be people who are familiar with it who can look at this film and say, that's how it feels. I I don't have that point of reference. So it's the responsibility of the filmmakers and the actors, as that is their profession, to pull me along the way, right? And I was thinking about it when I'm watching this movie. I'm like, well, what are some good examples, right? Instead of just shitting on this movie, what are some good examples of what that looks like? And really... The only thing I can think of is alcoholism because it is something that I have seen firsthand. Mm-hmm. It 
is in my family's past. I'm familiar with it. So I've seen it portrayed properly and a lot of times wrong. Like Queen's Gambit is inaccurate portrayal of alcoholism. Uh, but I've seen it portrayed. Good show, though. It's fine. It's it's fine. Um, Anya Taylor, whatever her name is, she's a bit stoic for my taste. Yeah, she is too. She's too stoic. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but um, there's a show called Dead Like Me, which really showed alcoholism, at least to the person viewing where someone quit and you're rooting for them. They did it. You did it. We're so in your corner. And then one little thing goes bad and they've fallen back into it. And from an outside viewer, you feel angry and, you know, it just did it in a more human way. Right. It showed us the human tale. And because of the hyper stylized nature of this film, I never felt that human side. Um, I didn't really get their motivations. The other than to escape what their pain. But what was their pain? Why did they start the drugs? Right. It- uh, um, yeah, and I, I don't I don't I don't think that was even like in the question of Darren Aronofsky's okay. mind because and, and has he been high on heroin? I don't know. Probably. But to me, when I think of drug use, and again I can only relate to my own life, it's usually covering up things. When it when it when it teeters into abuse, right? You know, we've all had an, a beverage or, you know, possibly some sort of smoking the wanna (laughs) but then there's a point where it becomes needed and you go Mm -hmm. into alcoholism or whatever ism you would prefer sure and that is usually because of some sort of hurt in the past or something like that um and it just i don't know the movie didn't bring that human element to me and that's kind of what i was missing and the closest thing you get is jared leto's character character his mom is gets a call to go on some show and i'm not even sure that was real right right um but (laughs) that you're gonna be on tv great i'll just believe it and so she gets this dress that she wants to wear that she wore to jared leto's graduation and she doesn't fit so she starts diet pills and she gets crazy addicted to these and i will say that i guess maybe for her her character's a little more fleshed out in that yeah one you're right Yeah, one of the things is that there's obviously this, oh, I just need to go. And I think her initial uh, intentions are fine, right? I I just need to lose some weight to get in this dress to go on the show that may or may not be real. And so she actually gets addicted to a substance. But the reason she gets addicted to it is because of the way it makes her feel. And she's very lonely. She doesn't really relate to the people in her building. And when they hear she's on this show, she gets excited and is like, oh, this is what I want is this attention. But it's really surface level attention. And so there's a reason why she gets wrapped up in all this stuff and why she gets addicted to things. Because you do get and feel her loneliness. I think the film does accomplish that. And, and so and I would say with, on, with with her subplot, um, it at least made sense and had the effect it needed to. It falls apart a bit when things get crazy and she really starts tripping balls. Um, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So, and and Ellen Burstyn was nominated for a uh, for an Oscar for her role. Sure. It was um, fine, but it wasn't 
like there was no point where I'm like, damn, they're acting the hell out of this movie. You know, like we talked about in um, The Impossible, there was the scene with Ewan McGregor making the phone call, you know, to yeah. a family friend who were like, damn, he's he's right. killing this scene. There was just never a moment like that for me for any of the characters. Yeah, and and Ellen Burson, <clears throat> I've seen her in a number of other things, and she's consistently good. Um you know, uh, I'm. I haven't seen too much of her. Early, I, I don't think I've even seen any of her early stuff. But it's it's very easy to get behind her performance because she is a very committed actress in this role. Um, but going back to like Jared Leto and Jennifer Connelly's relationship, so I, you know, I I looked up. You know, Requiem for a Dream. What does Requiem mean? Yes, please help me. <laughs> I believe I'm it a, is a, a Honda vehicle of some kind. The Honda Requiem. <laughs> that would I I'd, I'd might in, entertain buying that. Um, no, it's a it's a, a musical composition setting parts uh, of the um, of of the Roman Catholic Church mass. Okay. My brain All just right. popped. All right, sure. No. So it it is the musical composition setting the parts of of mass. So if you notice in this film, the same musical composition plays every single time that a, a big a big thing happens in the movie, and it's that um, I, I I didn't look I, I I didn't think to look up what the actual music was. But it's the same composition that plays throughout the movie. And it's the same uh, kind of just brooding music yeah. that plays throughout the... And, and you, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. You I don't probably know, would the, if I... I mean, the music okay. that played throughout the music. There's some the real movie. distracting shit going on screen, okay? Don't blame me for not noticing this damn song. Because there's a scene where there's a group <laughs> of people standing around two women yelling, Come! Come! Come, come. Yeah, I don't think I heard the music. This movie sucks. No, it's but the the fact that this the the name or the meaning of the the title of this movie is accompanied by a musical composition that plays every single time that a huge decision is made in the film or a huge revelation is made in the film. It just like that's that's the kind of stuff that I appreciate. And like Darren Aronofsky, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on him as a director. Um, I've seen I've seen a lot of his stuff. Which ones have you seen? Like the only other one I've seen was The Wrestler, and I right. enjoy it. I think The Wrestler is a much better movie than this because it does a a much better job of being a human tale of someone a no, human well, down on their luck. Right, one hundred percent. But I've this. seen Pie, which is oh, his first his first I can't film. Imagine. How did that go? Um, I mean, it's it's a lot like Requiem for a Dream, oh, but congrats. different. Congrats. You sat through uh, it. But, like, The Fountain was a vastly different film than Pi or Requiem for a Dream, and it's got uh, our boy, uh, what's his face in it? Um, yeah, him. I love him. He's great. Uh, <laughs> um, Hugh Jackman. and Oh, yeah. I love a yeah. huge Jackman. Right. And you know, who doesn't love huge Jackman? Um but like then the wrestler and Black Swan, and yeah, it's like Mother. Just, oh, he, have you he, watched Mother? I've heard yes, that's I've, awful. 
I've watched Mother, and it's the, like the movie overall isn't great, but like Jennifer Lawrence's performance is really good, and so it kind of keeps you glued to what's going on. Is because like ninety percent of the movie is Jennifer Lawrence. It falls apart because he directed like, the there's... Noah movie. Oh lord! Right. So like the main, I'm lukewarm on like a lot of his stuff is because I like I didn't enjoy really the Fountain. Um, Did you I like, like the, the wrestler? Rest... Yeah, I like the wrestler. Wrestler's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mickey Rourke was fantastic in that movie. It makes me sad, but it's a good movie. <laughs> uh, Black Swan. The performance is really good. I just didn't like the movie. Right. Um, I saw Noah, and I was like, oh, that's That looks up. like crap. No, it, I mean, it's, it's a big-budget garbage film. <laughs> yeah, but... it's another... There's so many movies that look like Noah that I just don't want to yeah, watch Yeah, so, it. like, I get that, like, so... Requiem for a Dream was Aronofsky's like sophomore. Offering. I think it's his breakout. This is the first. No, one I, I never. It is. One, the only yeah. thing I know about Pi was seeing it in uh, video stores actually on the shelf. I'm like, hey, it's the Pi symbol. Right. Never had the curiosity to watch it. And now that yeah. I know it's Aronofsky, I I won't. <laughs> I just won't. But I think the way he wrote the characters in this film. And because he's he got such a commit he got such committed performances from pretty much everybody in this film, like uh, Marlon Wayans. We should talk about Marlon Wayans. We really is really good. (laughs) I I, he especially coming from knowing him as, uh, you know, the in Living Color. Was he actually ever on that show? Like in the later seasons, he wasn't on the early seasons I watched, but I don't remember. Uh, but he's a Wayans brother, and you yeah. know, mostly does comedies. You got your your white chicks and yeah, the other ones I haven't really <laughs> seen. I've just seen white chicks. All right, give me a break. Uh, scary movie. Oh, uh, don't drink your juice while sipping juice inside of the hood. That's a good movie. I like yeah. that movie. I like that one a lot. It's really um, good. Um, it is. I'm and ironically really enjoy that movie. Um, so he is very much a comedic guy, and uh, and really sometimes even his comedic acting is a little hammy. Um, but oh yeah, like you said, I think you said all the scary movies. But this, uh, I think he does a great job at at a serious role. It's a shame he's given such shit to work with. Because there's like a scene where he's looking in the mirror and his girlfriend is ass naked in bed. She kind of come to bed. Nah, baby, I'm just feeling myself in this brand new mirror I got. What the fuck? What the fuck? What is this shit? This is a balls movie. This movie is balls. So you're you're shitting on the movie because you don't uh, necessarily agree with how they're high or was portrayed throughout the movie. Well, even um, if, okay, the problem is, is it's not juxtaposed to them being human because they're either high or mopey and there's never any human in interaction. You get this brief moment where Marlon Wayans has a flashback to his mom right. where he's like, I told you I'd make it big and, but there's no, that's it. That's all the character development you get out of Marlon Wayans' character. And and I need the human part of things, right? That way I can care about the suffering or relate in a way to understand why they have the addictions they have. And that the movie never gives that to me. And and because of that, I don't care about the characters. And and nothing ends well for anybody in this movie. 
And when that happens, you would think I'd be all broken up, but I was just glad the shit was over. Well, th- th- and that's I like so. There's a couple scenes where Jared Leto is kind of walking on a pier, and you know, yeah, because he sees Jennifer Connelly. He out sees there. Con- Connelly at at a distance, and she's wearing this like fancy dress, and she's a smoke show, and so she really is in this movie. No, right. Yeah, <laughs> Jennifer. She really. I had a, I had a like I had a teenage <laughs> crush on Jennifer Connelly. Right. I, I know a lot of people. Who did? I I hadn't really seen that many Connolly movies, but I could see why in this movie. Uh, yeah, she goes all out in this movie. Um, Whoa, she gets the balls out. <laughs> she gets a lot of things out in this movie. Um, but like, <laughs> she she like this scene where he's kind of like running or fast walking towards Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> I just imagine him with his elbows up, power walking over there. <laughs> Marion, <laughs> I gotta Marianne! get to you. Uh, but like With the sketchers the f- on the first scene, like the 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 curved ones. What are they called? Shape ups. Yeah, um, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. <laughs> Pair of mom jeans and, some and shape he's, ups. And he's he's, he's got like five pound weights in his hand. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> dude, we just fixed the film. In my opinion. <laughs> Had that scene happened in the middle of the rest of this shit fest, I'd be like, "Mark, you did it. This is this is good." No, so like he like in the first scene where he's and he's high in his mind, like you know he's he's having this daydream or dream or whatever it is, but he's high, and he the first scene that where this happens, he gets to to Jennifer Connelly at the end of the pier. And she looks great. And, you know, you can just tell him there's no music. There's no, like, you can tell he's, like, kind of calling Thankfully, to her, I guess. Yeah. And, and it's just a quiet scene. And so you're like, okay, you know, it's meant to show that this man really cares for this woman. In his brain, this is this is him loving this woman. And then throughout the film, we get their their relationship, and their relationship goes up, and then it crashes down. And by the end of the film, and one of the last scenes in the film, is Jared Leto running on the same pier towards Jennifer Connelly's character, and he never gets there, and then she disappears. And that's meant to signify that he's lost her forever is because he decided to chase drugs and not Jennifer Connelly. Well, she chases her own drugs. Well, right, right, but right. He but does he does it in such a selfish way. Right. right. So he's different. Like, again, I, and it's a running theme in this podcast. I don't like movies with the characters are unlikable. And the way to fix that is to make them relatable. And then when they do stupid stuff, I, it's it's easier for me to be like, why are you doing this? What is your problem? Like caring, right? When But you thought you thought these characters were unlikable. I really did. I didn't like any of them. And, um, like they just their motivations were so ridiculous to me but so where was i with this i forgot you hate the movie the movie sucks no um, i'll give you reasons <laughs> i'll give you plenty of reasons so no, i thought i think the motivations for the for at least jared leto's character drugs. Oh, right. that's right. But, because Jared Leto is a piece of shit in this movie, right? So yeah, well, he's he got his girl and um you know, oh, I love you. You're beautiful. You make me feel beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And then they're trying to score some drugs, right? Because I they 
they smoked the shot up or did something with all their remaining drugs and they need more drugs so they can sell drugs, but they'll probably just get the drugs and smoke slash snort shoot up the drugs. Right. And when they can't get drugs, there's one guy in town who sells drugs from night court. Um, Keith David. Keith David. Yeah. And, but he doesn't sell it for money. He sells it for vaginal reciprocation. Okay. Sex. Oh, is that what it's called? So he yeah. sells them for sex. Yeah. And so Jared Leto pressures his girlfriend, who he thinks is beautiful and loves and is wonderful and she's the best, to go get the drugs. So she goes and has sex with Keith David for, for drugs. And then fucking afterwards, he Keith David's like, you should come back for this party. We got a party. And you can make more money than you're making just servicing me. She's like, I'm not doing this ever again. This is a one-time thing. And Keith David's like, I'll see you Saturday. So, so what? What? What happens is that? Oh, dude, probably one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen. Oh my god, this is one of the stupidest movies <laughs> I've ever watched, bro. I can't believe this scene. It looks like a shot in a damn like you know those. You remember in, um, no, you didn't watch that movie. Damn it. You didn't watch Double Team or Double Impact. But so those containers, shipping containers. Yeah. It looks like it's shot in a shipping container with a couple like mag lights. Those, you know what mag lights are. You're caught. Yes. That to, to, to light the room. So it looks like shit. And then there's like a bunch of old dudes in suits around and two naked girls. Right. And they're dancing and whatever and then this one girl says what do we do next and then the creepiest guy's like ass to ass <laughs> and so they get out this giant well, they start chanting like ass to ass yeah it's so <laughs> ridiculous they're like ass to ass ass to ass and so they get out the longest double-sided dildo and it's thick it looks like you know if you were going into i don't even know they don't make salami this big that's what i'm trying to compare it to it's huge and so both of them get this in their buttocks and then they <laughs> slap cheeks and the whole time like you said ass to ass and then at the end they're like come come they're like chanting come they want them to come but i don't know that that's gonna happen and this ho ho ha so this is on top of what has already been just a movie filled with shitty scenes like i talked about the one with them sitting head to head but then there's this one where his mom is just zooted out on pills and she's like dancing in her living room she's got thick lipstick on it looks so stupid and it's so artsy and it's so like look at what we're doing and then she trips balls in a refrigerator tries to eat her that's the only good part the refrigerator attacking her, but it's not played for laughs. It's literally trying to be seriously scary or whatever that she's tripping balls in her refrigerators, trying to eat her. Shooter McGavin is there, and I don't know why. <laughs> this movie's balls, bro. I I know that there's you like the performances, and there's some meaning behind all of this shit, but it sucks, and it doesn't make sense. And it's balls and the characters are unlikable and the refrigerator could have had a whole subplot that would have saved the film. Had we seen <laughs> what she'd done to him as a refrigerator and learned his motivations and then got to watch him eat her better film. 
this movie is trash. I can't believe how bad it is. There were moments I'm watching it, and that scene where she's doing her dancing thing, and it's like crossfading in and out, and it's this, oh, look. I literally laughed out loud, and I just was like, holy shit. I hate this movie. Oh. As to. That would have been better. That reminds me of 22 Jump Street, an actual good film. God. So like, like, I, I, so, all right. So, the indie, and that, that, that whole fucking orgy. That slash, was crazy. It, it was, it was crazy, and it was at, like, it was it 100% was so out of exaggerated, place. Exaggerated, right? And it, you, this is where, this is why I objected early on when you're like, it's very real representation of, I'm like, but it, it's so surreal. Everything is surreal. And, it just, oh, so like, like that th- scene is not realistic. It doesn't belong anywhere in any. Form. Well, I mean, but like if if you if you imagine Jennifer Connelly is going to you know upstate or up, I don't even know what the fuck city they're in, but you know she's going to some high rise apartment building where she's going to make a ton of money. You, I mean. It's not far fetched to think that in the year two thousand, there's probably dudes holding parties like this up in the absolutely, penthouse. and that's my problem is that they could have done this accurately and correctly, yeah. right? But they chose to hyper stylize it, or I okay. say they, but yeah. Darren Aronofsky did, right? And that's my problem with a lot of the movie is it's hyper stylized. There are occasionally really great shots. Uh, the one where she's in the bathtub and it shoots above her. That's just a well-framed piece of film. And yeah. there's this other, there was one moment where I was like, okay, maybe, where he Jared Leto is sitting across from his mom and he's hearing something. And the camera pans or swivels or whatever the correct term is around his head. And then he goes, whoa, are you on uppers? Like just the way that kind of was shot was brilliant. And, I, and that's I really about liked- all I got. Well, I really like the. Um, I mean, we're going to talk about how how the movie was shot. Uh, the scene where Marlon Wayans is in the car with the drug dealer, and oh, that was a good scene the, though. And bro. the chauffeur that pulls a out a gun, scene. and like it came out of nowhere, right? And so, like the scene where he's running away from the the limo or whatever, um, and like me of the scene. camera. You ever seen the thing on YouTube where the dog takes the GoPro in its mouth? And you see his <laughs> eyes looking around. That's what this right. was, right? No, but it's it's like that's the first time I can remember in my in my brain seeing that type of camera angle. Um, yeah, and I, but, I, I, but, I like and that's just my own my own history. But like that that scene resonates with me is because it was so different and it was so out of place in the entire movie because there's not another scene like that in the film. And it's just Marlon Wayans running down an alleyway with the camera like attached to his neck. And it's just and it's shaking and he's running and he's frantic. And it's like you're right, his eyes are darting everywhere and he's looking all over. He's trying to get safe. It the the film the now Aronofsky Aronofsky was doing a lot of things. Yeah, in this that film. I agree with. He was doing That's, a lot. That you know, like you, you, you know, you, you thought most of them were bad, but he was, he was legitimately flexing his artistic bone. <laughs> um, 
Uh, just yeah, that's probably one of them. <laughs> He's like, gotta work it out, bro. Watch so it grow. We're kind of um, grazing over the scene in the limo. That scene like you're talking about the scene where, where he's running and that's what you really liked. I really like the scene bef- like in the limo where yeah. there's like a head drug dealer. So I think Marlon Wayans was like, he sold some stuff and they're like, the drug dealers like really impressed with him, And he's like a deaf guy. And there's a translator translating for Marlon Wayans. He's like, do you want to be a part of the team? I want to bring you on. And Marlon Wayans is like, hell yeah, that's great news. The, the shade, the thing that separates the driver from the people, the passengers, rolls down. He goes, oh, shit, you got a white driver. And then the gunshots go off. And then right. it just turns to chaos immediately. That's a good scene. I really yeah. like that scene. No, and I, I agree. I just think the the way the, the, the preceding scene was shot would, like, it just comes out of nowhere. You're not expecting the camera angle and all that. It, it's meant to showcase the realism of running away. And, um, it just like Aronofsky throughout this film is doing things that I had never seen. Like when I saw this movie for the first time and I saw it like in 2002, maybe I saw it in high school. Um, and so like, I remember watching it and going, yeah, this is, this is crazy. This is off, off the wall type shit. And like, I, I can appreciate the, the, the kind of going for it mentality that Aronofsky has in this film. And like I didn't agree with the last 20 minutes. I did I didn't enjoy the last 20 minutes where of this did, film. Where did it start going down? It was when it was when um Ellen Burstyn's character got committed to the dude, what the, the you know, this, the insane asylum. Um this and, movie like, is balls okay and then she and then she gets you know the uh, the electroshock therapy right and like i didn't understand like how it how did it progress to that point like and her doctors never like she goes she does the right steps right i don't actually think it's her fault she's in this place which makes her the most human character in a lot of ways she's like i want to lose some weight she hears from a friend well the doctor can give you medicine so she goes and gets the medicine and then it kind of she likes the way it feels. And then when she goes to the doctor saying there's a problem with the medicine, like it's not working. They could have noticed or said something to be like, she's addicted and they could have given her taken her to a proper treatment facility. I don't think electroshock therapy was around in 99 or 98. Maybe it was, but I don't I don't think it was in the capacity it was shown here. And then she's violently shocked. Yeah. And her hair turns gray. You know, I guess that shows more the passages of time. Um, and then she gets out and her life sucks, right? You know, and just it's that it, oh. I didn't I didn't enjoy that is because I, I didn't really understand how it progressed to that point. Yeah. Um and and you know, that that could just be, hey, we're just trying to wrap up these stories. But you know, we did we didn't get that kind of finale for like Jared Leto's character, we just got the hyper realism of hey, what happens when you shoot your arm full of heroin that's that was already a good scene that's already infected, right? And that's that is probably one of the most iconic. And I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Oh, it's, oh, like, oh. It, it, it's it's probably one of the most documented scenes in film history. 
because of how it portrays drug abuse. It's because Jared Leto has this infected point in his and uh, his arm. Yeah, where he where shoots he's been, up, where, where yeah. he's been shooting up consistently in in the in the the vein, and everything's been infected. And Marlon, Wayans, they're in a car, and and Marlon Wayans is like, "Hey, bro, we got to get you to the hospital." And and Jared Leto's like, "No, nah, I'm good." And he shoots his shoots his arm with heroin again, <laughs> and. He's so stupid. But, like, I can 100% see a drug addict doing just that. I can see that in my mind. I don't need to take drugs to know that that's what a drug addict would likely do. And I think that is what, you know, keeps me in the in the mindset of this is a good film. It's not, is not is it a perfect film? No. But is it a good film? In my mind, yes. In my opinion, yes. Because I can like certain things make sense to me. Uh, yeah, it's it's artistically done, and the portrayals are artistic in nature. I mean, they're they're real, but they're they're stylized. There's but, a scene in in her when she's when Grandma Mom is is really tripping balls and the fridge attacks her. Uh, a part of that scene is she starts making out with Shooter McGavin for no reason. It's a bonkers scene. You should watch it, people. Just, I I would say go watch the movie and then come back and report <laughs> how you feel because I think the majority of people will side with me that this movie is fucking stupid and off its rocker. But, but alas. I like, but like you go back to the Jared Leto's Indian scene and he gets his arm amputated. That's a and great he, visual of the camera going up. Right. I think Darren Aronofsky has some legitimate. Uh, um, skill with the camera, right? My issue is all the other garbage he throws in front of it, and in the the hyper stylizedness of it. And, the, and one of the last scenes is uh, Jennifer Connelly coming back to her apartment and kind of curling up on on her sofa with sit on a bag of ice. <laughs> yeah, I kind of i I got the feeling that like. That would was she not really be, a small would she really be bending that way device <laughs> that was used it <laughs> but like she curls up on the sofa with it's a picture right um I thought it and was it's a pic- heroin <laughs> I thought she Oh no heroin. you're right yeah you, no no you're right it yeah. it is like it's whatever Keith David gave her um and she like curls up with it and like it's just reminiscent of hey I I just did all this I just like made my asshole like five times too big for this little bit of heroin. Like those things that people put in their ears, but just <laughs> the <laughs> gauges. Yeah. Yeah. No. So like the ending of this movie resonates, I think with me at least, um, is because it, it is the, you get all spectrums of, of endings to these characters with burst. And she comes, you know, she gets out of that place and her life is fucking done. And Jared Leto's character, man, his arm just got amputated. And that's the last we see of him. And Jennifer Connelly's character, man, she, she just did the most craziest shit she's ever done. Just so stupid for the little bit of, of heroin that she got. And then, um, you know, like uh, we didn't really get a finale. No, Marlon, Marlon Wayans. Wayans is in jail. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. got like racist guards and stuff yep. like that. Yeah, yep. and so like, and that that part's a kind of far fetched, but um, well, there's a scene too where he's in jail with, and this, it's just a, one of many scenes that just made me want to gouge my eyes out, where um, Jared Leto was like basically getting septic shock from his infected arm, and. Marlon Wayans is face between the bars yelling, help my friend. And the screen <laughs> shakes and it turns green. And this movie, <laughs> like it's so far up its own ass. It's so far up there. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I get it. I can, I can see like where you would like draw that, uh, the reason for that from this. I just I think that the movie is is held together because it is it's a it's a crazy plot even though it's you know it's just hey the lives of these four individuals but it's a crazy plot because of what happens throughout the film but it's held together by the performances in my opinion the performances are legitimately good all four of them I think are are really good um and while Ellen Burstyn's character gets the most like humanized treatment out of all of them, I think it does an adequate job of showing everybody's demons. Um, and you know the the movie is about drugs, so we're gonna get Tripping drug scenes. scene after drug scene. You oh, know, just so many and just so hyper stylized and balls salady. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I like, all right. So. I can't. I know, I know. Uh, you don't recommend it, I right? I know. I recommend people go and watch it and tell me I'm wrong. Which I, I dare I think you. People could do. I think people could because legitimately make the argument that hey, At podcast you did- by Jeff on Twitter. I hate this movie. <laughs> Explain to me why this shit is good, because I can't tell. Yeah, I. I think I think it is about perspective. I think it is about you know your own relationship with the different topics in this film. Um, I, I I do think that that plays a part in your in the in the audience's uh, receiving of this film. Like you know, like I can watch I can watch a cop film and go, oh, that movie fucking sucked. Because like half the shit they did in that film was yeah. was wrong, you know. It was just like tactically wrong, or you know, pe- cops would never do that. And and I can I could trash a movie that way. I can't do that here because I, I've never I've I'm, I'm not a, I've never been a drug user. I've I've I've, I've smoked the the marijuana, um, you know, back in high school and shit. But like. Yeah, I've never done heroin. I I don't I don't know about hard drugs. I don't know about the the drug abuse life. I've seen it. I've seen it in my you know as you know in my career, and I I can tell I I can tell you that this film gets a lot more right in that perspective than it does wrong. Um, in in my opinion, in my experience with drug users and drug abusers. It's 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 not a it, I mean it's not perfect, and you can clearly tell that because I've seen you know half of Aronofsky's filmography that he's you know he was still 
like kind of playing with what kind of director he wanted to be and and, and all this. And so I, I I can appreciate the film for what it is and for what Aronofsky was going for it. Yeah, there's different aspects that were far-fetched and didn't make a whole lot of sense, but you could kind of get behind it because you're like, oh, these motherfuckers are high on drugs. Uh, yeah, sure. Was this movie even fucking real? Did Was this whole, whole thing uh, just a high? Yeah, I mean, like, you could legitimately ask those questions based on the film, but I think at the end of the day, the, the film does enough to make the audience go, huh, that Where'd was that ten dollars go? <laughs> That's what I. Huh? Why did I, I pay for this? No, I just think what well, if you if you had seen this in the theaters, oh, you would have you would have won like, my money sought back. a you were, you would you would have sought a refund. I would have left the theater. I would not really? have finished this film. I, I it takes a lot for me. to How old were you in two thousand? Twenty. So as a twenty year old, you would have walked out of that theater. Yeah, I wouldn't have ever paid the price to go see it in the first place. I know. Again, we've talked, like, you've said, I'll watch anything once. I'm a little more selective. I'll watch shit I would have a better chance of liking, and then there's movies I have no interest in, and this falls into that category. I would never would have paid to go in. But had I paid to go in, I would have left. I would have turned this off. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen this film probably 10, 13 years. I don't, I don't, I actually really don't remember the last time I did see this film the whole way through, but... I, I was... I was surprised when you unironically said you liked it. I was like, I think you're messing with me. I legitimately thought, there's no way. There's no, no way. I, 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 I don't understand how and why with the scenes I'm I'm sending you video of that you could be like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good filmmaking there. I just... We have we have different palettes for films and that's, and that's what makes... That's I don't what makes... mind a little cheese and I can get like... If if we watch something that's a little campy, that maybe it's not for you, right? And I but think this that's what is makes... horseshit. <laughs> well, right, but so like, but the vast majority of people that watch this film, I would say probably like thought it was a good film. When and this there's a reason why. Out, let's put a poll out. Okay. Just thumbs up, thumbs down. Or haven't seen it, right? Just so people can see the results. And yeah. let's just see, right? And I and I'm not I don't care what damn Siskel or Ebert said. Just your Joe on the street. Your average Jeffy Poopy. What do Jeffy they think? Poopy. Yeah. I, I mean there's there's film out there that man, I hated and people loved. And you know, and I sometimes I can't figure out. I was like, why do people fucking like this film? Um, but there's other times where I'm like, oh yeah, I just wasn't the audience for this. And I don't think that's the case with this movie. I think the movie can appeal to uh, a casual audience goer. You just you kind of have to suspend the, your <laughs> no. Your I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to put films. It. No, I, you take you, you take the things you like. Just set it to the side. No, I, I think if you're looking for a, a an on like a grounded portrayal, this isn't it. Well, and I think things can be stylized and still be good. So let's look at a good movie. Something that uh, IMDb is trying to recommend to me right now, among other crap I never want to watch. One of which is Clockwork Orange, mm -hmm. but it's also recommending um, 
uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, a okay, movie I good like, film. really like. It's stylized. Mm-hmm. The characters are human to me, though. Their motiv- motivations are clear. And the story actually makes sense. And when you start the movie, you're like, okay, a little confused what's happening. But by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, damn, this all makes sense. And you go back and watch it again, and you can find little interesting things. That doesn't happen with Requiem for a Dream. The movie just is like, damn, everything sucks, and then you die. And <laughs> and you have to watch a bunch of horse shit along the way, and yeah, grown-ass men yelling, come, 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 and unironically. Like, just there's things in this movie that are unironically done that made me laugh out loud. Hey, maybe in the year 2000, people were screaming, come, come, come. No, I was alive in the year 2000. <laughs> they weren't screaming it at me anyway. You know, what do I know? Anyways, I, I'm I'm going to recommend this film. Wow. Um, so not I, only did you enjoy it, because there's been plenty of films that we enjoyed. Right. And you, uh, Faculty, right? We enjoyed that film. We had a full sure. fun time. Didn't get the recommendation. But no. this, this, this is good enough. Yeah, no, I, I think it brings enough. Like, cause considering the year it was it was made, and the year it came out, it does enough to me to warrant um, me telling somebody who's never seen this film or who doesn't even know it exists, "Hey, you should go watch this film because Please. it's doing it's doing so much in the in the way of artistic expression that it is." And it's and it's only what an hour forty minutes long. Oh, no, no, it's 45? a long buck forty. What? How long is this movie? Uh, let me go back a page. One forty-two. One forty-two. An hour forty-two. And there's no, there's not a whole lot of downtime where some shit's not happening. This that film. is so, true. So I think I think my recommendation is like, hey, everybody should see this film. If nothing else, to see. A refrigerator attack an old woman while she's making out with Shooter McGavin. <laughs> Was that what you were going to say? No, that's but that's a good scene. Um, I don't know it. the The, the film that gets my recommendation because it, it's Jared it Leto's in it. That 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 is a plus. Yeah, but Jennifer Connelly, she's great. Marlon Wayans, really good. Ellen Burstyn, great. Jared Leto, great. Didn't you already say that? Or are you yeah. just circling back around? No, I'm cir- I'm, I'm circle jerking back around. But okay. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, I recommend it. Jeff doesn't. Nope. Um, you know, it, but it please is watch it, it and let it me is, know. It is what it is. Um, uh, Jeff, what are we watching next week? Oh, thank God! And I did this on purpose. Uh, I knew we were going to need uh, some levity. Um, and I haven't seen this in probably since 98 when it came out, but we're going to watch half baked, uh, which is a comedy, uh, directed by Tamara Davis, starring Dave Chappelle, Harlan Williams, Jim Brewer, uh, Cheech and Chong, or at least Chong's in this. And I think that's about it for this movie clocks in at a buck 24. Get at me. Get at me, bro. I'm helping <laughs> us out. It has right? all right, so I'm gonna this this is the disparity between critics and, and audiences. It's got a twenty nine percent uh tomato meter score. 
but it's got an 81% audience yep. score. Because those guys are potheads. Let me also <laughs> say this before we go into this week. <laughs> this is a movie I don't think I actually enjoyed when I watched it, mostly because even though I've tried marijuana, I've never really been into it. And there's been times I've been around people who are really into marijuana and they see a marijuana joke and they just rolling on the floor laughing. I don't know if they're high, but I just don't get it. I don't get the marijuana humor. So I may not like this, but I'm damn sure going to like it more than the horse shit. Oh, uh, John Stewart's in this too. But anyway, yeah. Half-baked. Yeah, so, uh, so that's what that's what we're watching next week. And But before we get out of here, I'm going to plug the music again. Uh, music is from Arrows in Action. Make sure you're giving them, uh, you're giving them a follow on all their socials. Uh, with the song Get Out, right? That's the song, right? Um, sure I got that right. Over it. What? I, what over it. Yeah, I, I don't know what you listen to. <laughs> the song. The song is over it. My bad. Arrows in Action. Um, but uh, we appreciate them again. And uh, make sure you're uh, you're you're doing the thing and and punching the the subscribe button, um, Jeff. I'm what, so what? happy it's over. You got on to be. Like, we're recording earlier than we normally do. I said I'm watching this crap. I usually like to watch really close to when we record. Yeah, so it's I've fresh. Been. But I was like really wanting to get this over with. And I'm just glad it's over and we can move on because the 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 remaining slate of films, I don't think we're going to have any problems with, or at least in the same way. No, but I think I think this film did its job. I think. Yeah. I think I think it it accomplished what we set out to accomplish. Yeah. But uh, we'll um, see you if, next week. We're going to watch Half Baked. We're not going to talk about this shit fest. Although it might be now. It does stir things up a bit for when I do my bottom five at the end of the mm. year. I mean, it's mm. probably reserved itself a place. But here's is it worse than Sils Maria? Is it worse than Scanner Darkly? We'll see. Ass to ass. ass come, to come, ass. come. Just, I'm out. <laughs> so what are we going to do now?